Hello and welcome to this episode of Before Economics, the history of political economy. The United States Census Bureau, the Australian Bureau of Statistics and the Office for National Statistics in the United Kingdom all stand as testimony to the routine demand for statistics regarding the population and the economy in today's world. These institutions make use of national censuses, online surveys and random sampling as the practical infrastructure that produces the data to which economists can then direct their technical expertise. And they do so to produce answers to pressing political questions, such as, is the economy growing? Which regions need new infrastructure? And is the population rising or falling? This is all common sense today, but the thinker that we examine in this episode, William Petty, can claim to have been the first to insist on the need for quantitative knowledge if government were to be effective. Petty trained in medicine as a young man and established a private medical practice alongside his teaching post in anatomy at Oxford. But the turbulence of English society after the Civil War created tempting openings for a talented young man, and Petty exploited them to the full. Above all, while working as a physician to the army in Ireland, Petty managed to win for himself responsibility for surveying Irish lands. Through this process, Petty came to acquire a permanent interest in Ireland that was both material and intellectual. He held a large parcel of land and proposed endless, heavy-handed schemes to make the population docile and tractable, especially by forcibly transplanting Protestants for Catholics. Petty consistently put himself forward as well-suited for this and similar tasks, yet his ambitions for high office were largely frustrated, despite his willingness to shift principles with the ebb and flow of political change. We can thus think of Petty as a projector, as a person who proposed schemes and ideas to government and wealthy individuals. The word projector could have neutral or negative connotations in the 17th century, much like the notion of an entrepreneur or thought leader today. This is demonstrated in the text at hand, titled Political Arithmetic. It was written in the early 1670s, but only published in 1690, three years after Petty's death. It was a set of manuscripts not intended for the press, but for circulation among the elite of his society, so it is ironic that today it is one of his best-known works. The ostensible topic was the state of England, about which some of Petty's peers entertained melancholic opinions, especially regarding its trade and power. Petty's first order of business was accordingly to examine whether or not England was indeed in a poor state. He did so by adopting a method that he explicitly marketed as novel. Instead of using only comparative and superlative words, and intellectual arguments, I have taken the course to express myself in terms of number, weight, or measure, to use only arguments of sense, and to consider only such causes as have visible foundations in nature, leaving those that depend upon the mutable minds, opinions, appetites, and passions of particular men to the consideration of others. Petty was building on foundations laid more than 50 years earlier, above all, by Francis Bacon, who insisted that knowledge had to be reliable and based on what actually existed in nature, as against the fine ideas of scholars found in books. Dr. Corinne Selberg. He felt that knowledge was something that should be found in nature and in society and in culture as a whole, rather than within the kind of minutiae of certain logical arguments. So he introduces a new kind of approach to knowledge and to science. 
particularly in a book called Novum Organum, which means the new method, uh, which was published in 1620. He believed that rather than trying to break down the way we understand nature, we should look to nature itself. So rather than breaking down the way we're talking about nature and thinking about nature, we need to look to the processes in nature. When Petty is using numbers and examples from actual social phenomena, what he is doing is referring back to the Baconian tradition. So Petty, like Bacon, insisted that he was studying what existed in nature. His new method was political arithmetic. Political arithmetic meant, as we might expect, numbers relating to the state. In this sense, we can detect a broad similarity with our meaning of statistics today. But the linguistic root should be underlined. State in English, status in Latin, stato in Italian, etat in French, and start in German. For political arithmetic was not a science of normal distributions and standard deviations, as statistics is today, since those concepts had not been invented. Instead, it was an attempt to anatomise the state, in particular, to understand the extent and distribution of the state's strength and wealth. The state was like a specimen for dissection, it could be open to visual inspection and classification. We can see this concern in Petty's first chapter, in which he compared the wealth of France and Holland. Petty considered the extent of land and produce, trade, interest rates, the number of ships, and the extent of the population. He also noted the role of freedom of religion and the security of land title as factors affecting wealth. Finally, he noted that sailors were to be a prized unit of the population, for they combined the skills of farmer, soldier, and merchant. This was a problem for England in relation to its American colonies, because there the population tended to be farmers, not sailors, representing an imperfect allocation of resources. We are a long way from the statistics of today. It is probably best then to relate Petty not to contemporary statistics, but to the reason of state impulse that we detected in Thomas Munn's England's Treasure by Foreign Trade. From this perspective, we can make sense of his overriding concern with the strength of the English state, hence his assessments of the size of the army and navy it could raise, the sufficiency of its supply of money, and its prospects for dominating the trade of the world. His first principal conclusion was that a small country possessed of a small population could equal the strength and wealth of a nation far greater in territory and number if it adopted good laws and nurtured its trade. Relating Petty's work to the early modern concern with state power, and not to today's statistics, also makes it possible to come to terms with his empirical methods. Petty showed no concern with the accuracy of his calculations and there are no statistical operations present, such as calculating T-scores or Z-scores. Putting all this together, there are two crucial points to make regarding Petty's approach to politics and knowledge. The first is that he takes it for granted that knowledge and social order will march in lockstep. In other words, knowledge plays an instrumental role in the art of governing. Science is not an end in itself, but a service industry. In this respect, we can also note a broad similarity with the role of statistics today. The questionnaires, surveys and polls that fill our everyday lives are usually intended to improve policy or lawmaking in some particular respect. Indeed, claims to be able to make such improvements seem to be a defining aspect of the identity of the social sciences. The second and closely related point is that Petty also takes it for granted that politics could be reduced to a science. Here he seems to have been deeply influenced by Thomas Hobbes, who premised his civil science on the idea that politics resembled geometry. As with Petty's proposals for physically transplanting the population of Ireland, the presumption is that, once the sovereign knows the scientifically correct thing to do, 
practical implementation is a merely technical matter. Today's statistics shares this instrumental character, as we have seen, but it operates in a context where political concerns set limits to the social scientists' desire to change the world that they observe. This episode of Before Economics was brought to you by the European Society for the History of Economic Thought, written and spoken by me, Dr Ryan Walter, at the University of Queensland. Special thanks to Corinne Selberg. The audio engineer was Ni Adepoyebi.